What's up, Knicks fans? Welcome to the Knicks State of Minds podcast. I'm Chip Murphy, back here with Matt Castillo. Unfortunately, no Danny today. But, no uh, Danny. Joined... Yeah, no Danny. No Danny. But he's, he's doing a lot of uh, MLB draft coverage for us over at ESMY. So go check that out. Uh, a lot of Yankee stuff. Don't bother with the Mets stuff. I don't think there's any point in that. I think we both agree on that, <laughs> oh. Matt. Uh, sorry, 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 Chris. My poor Mets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're joined by a very special guest today for the first time of uh, Nick's SI and Nick's Film School. And like we were just talking about before we came on here, still yet to graduate high school, Chris <laughs> Perstyinen. <laughs> Thanks for wow. coming on, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I just spent two hours earlier today giving my last ever computer science class presentation like end of year wow. presentation I was, I was just like ah, all right <laughs> get, that, get that done it's one class ticked off you know wow that's how what's it like like uh graduating with all this going on oh i just i just filmed my um i just filmed my videos for virtual graduation so we're gonna have a virtual yeah. ceremony they're planning an in-person ceremony for some time in july but uh, mm-hmm. for late June, which is when graduation was initially scheduled for, um, the, the same day that we were supposed to have the in-person ceremony, there's going to be a live video event, like a live stream for everyone to join. Everyone has sent in their own personal videos. You send one of you just holding the diploma, one of you like fake walking to graduation, <laughs> one going back home, and they compile them all. And yeah, we're going to have like a virtual ceremony. So oh, nice. it should be interesting. Yeah, that should be interesting because they don't during a real graduation, Matt. I'm sure it was probably the same with you. They don't give you an actual diploma during the graduation. No, they just you give have you to like go. a book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to go yeah, back yeah, to school just, and uh, get it. Yeah, they yeah. dropped off the they dropped off the gown and they dropped off like the empty book. Yeah, and then yep. yeah, you got to return like a certain part of the gown to get the actual yeah. diploma. Yeah, I always thought that well, was weird, think- but. Yeah. That's impressive though, being in high school and already, you know, a pretty established writer. I don't think I started like writing until like my junior year of college. So that's pretty impressive right there. I I, I didn't realize you were that young even, you know, coming on there. It's coming up on my Thank ten you. year I, uh... high school graduation, but that's impressive. Wow. I mean No, I knew I, I was Macri brings it up all the time. So I knew Oh, the young one, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was it was really Macri who I was yeah. talking to him one time and I'm like is it weird? I was 17 when I was, I was in the middle. I think I was in uh, PE class and I was, I was texting Macri and I was like, is it weird that I'm 17 and I already know what I want to do like with my life? And he's like, no, cause no. I just realized no. that now. And I wish I realized it a lot earlier. Yeah. I was, yep. See, I, I, I was like you, I've always kind of knew I was going to do something with this business. And um, you know, I, I, I've always had different things I was into. I'm actually going into something else, but keeping like the journalist side in my, you know, hosting right. a radio show, I'm still going to do and all that. But I was like you, that's what I wanted to do, sport writing, uh, something in sports. So, but I think it's really impressive though, because I got a late start into it. I, I, like I said, I wasn't into college until I started really uh, kind of getting, you know, publications and, uh, you know, posted out there online. Right. So that, that's really impressive. That's really cool to see, you know, somebody as as young as you are already established. Thanks. That's really cool, man. Yeah. 
for sure, man, for sure. And sticking with that, we uh, we want to talk to you about uh, the piece you just dropped today, I think it was, for Nick's SI, about uh, the OKC Thunder. I think it's called yeah. uh, Why Nick's Fans Should Have an Eye on uh, OKC. And uh, it's a little selfish question for me because I just – posted something about why uh i think the knicks should bring gallo back but i want to of course yeah but uh but and i'm also a huge chris paul fan anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that before i have a but, i uh, have a red i have a red clippers jersey in that, yeah, in that closet exactly. right there great Number that's, three. that's great to hear i love i love chris paul can't, can't go down a chris paul rabbit hole right now <laughs> want to get you want to hear your thoughts on why the knicks should uh should uh bring uh, should uh check out the OKC Thunder this year though, Knicks fans. So should, sorry, three three pronged uh reasoning here. I kind of got at in the article. Number one, just the existence of Chris Paul. Um, yeah, fact that we hired Leon Rose and those rumors started happening right away. Like the Tibbs rumors started right away when we hired Leon. Right, like yeah. you would almost think that Leon took this job telling Dolan, I'm probably going to bring in Tom Thibodeau to be my head coach. I'll have an interview process, but this is who I have in mind. You know, Leon might have taken this job with, I bet I could trade for Chris and, you know, get my guy here, uh, reset the culture. So that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, Gallo, you know, I, uh, I was not a super avid Knicks fan when he was with us. So I, you know, my, my first year, I always say my first year fully watching, it was like, the biggest bait and switch of all time. My first year being oh, like no. a huge Knicks fan was that one, that oh, one good the season in, in 13. Oh. Um, that was like 12, 12 was Linsanity year. Right. And that was like, yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. So my mom got me a Jeremy Lin book along. With I got like the two of in my, my uh, closet. I still got the, the Jeremy Lin little t-shirts right there. So the I was in, I was in fifth that. grade. I was in fifth yeah. grade, fourth and fifth grade. Like Lin's, that was the insanity time. Uh, started getting into the Knicks though. Fifth and sixth grade, that 13 season was when I really got into the team. I'm like, Oh, this team is great. Like, no. you know, oh, no. Carmelo <laughs> and Jason Kidd, like, this is really fun being a fan is going to be awesome. And here I am seven years later, um, more involved with the team than I could have ever imagined. And also more miserable to be a fan. Than I ever <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I never got to see Gallo play, but, but I do know that literally just it's, it's 41% from three on, I think 7.3 attempts. Yeah. It's, it's like Davis. Well, it's close to Davis Bertans. It's close to Davis Bertans level like volume and yeah. efficiency you know and i so i always say i say bertans is my first choice whether we overpay him long term whatever it is if the point is to get developmental pieces around the kids just bring in the shooting you know maybe christian wood is more talented maybe someone else is a maybe jeremy grant is maybe jeremy grant's a better player but i think the shooting i, I value it at a premium mm -hmm. because we're looking to develop rj mitch and i would think and this gets into my third reason to watch the Thunder, which is kind of LaMelo Ball or some sort of lottery point guard. The Thunder have a very great system right now, as we can see. They have, you know, they have yeah. the best lineup, the best five-man lineup in the NBA with three point guards in it. But, you know, the emphasis is on the fact that Chris Paul, you, you know, you have CP3 as your floor general. You have SGA as the team's leading scorer. Um, Gallo is right. I think Gallo is like 0.1 points per game under him. 
but Shea is the team's leading scorer. And um, that's like, you know, like you, you would maybe bring in Chris Paul to mentor LaMelo or Killian or Tyrese. Tyrese Halliburton probably needs less mentoring than Cole, LaMelo, and Killian. Um, but even Kira Lewis, right? If, if we fall and we wind up with Kira and then we want to trade, you know, Knox and whatever else for Paul, try to keep, you know, a lottery point guard and Paul, Barrett and Robinson, and, and I guess – you know, Frank, and if he's in Leon's plans, I would like for him to be and move forward with that. Um, I think Frank is in Tibbs's plans for sure. He's definitely a Tibbs guy. That's that is Tibbs is my, my light, my, my hope in terms of Frank and dot um, that he sees that defense and just goes like, yes, more free dot forever. Free yeah. forever. Oh God, we're here. Tibbs is. I just hope Tibbs gets in there before free agency and before all that comes up because he he would love Dot. He really would. He really would. And and Frank, and he would just want to keep those guys. But just, I, tomorrow's Friday. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say like we're hiring Tom Thibodeau tomorrow. But I would. <laughs> if if I would think that if Leon took this job with Tibbs in mind. Um, these interviews are going to happen probably in the next like four, four weeks at some, like I would think it's going to be, it's going to be before, I, I think we're going to have whoever our guy is on board before free agency. There's going to be, we're going to have so. our, our, we're going to have our organizational brain set up, I think before any major decision-making periods come up is my guess. I know the, I forget if it was Berman or Bondi had the report about Calipari being the top guy if he were interested, but he's not. But I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see him leaving. He's got like a lifetime contract at Kentucky. Yeah, Why would you leave he, that? I just don't. I just watched the the one. It's you know you'd never expect this. I just watched the sneaker shopping with Complex. They did one with John Calipari. Oh, did and, they? Uh, I saw the one with Bella Hadid. I saw that clip so, with her. That was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> so they bring in they bring in Coach Cal, and, and he buys all Kentucky themed shoes. He loves it. He has the Kentucky zip up. He wears a full. He it's his it's a day off. Of course off he does. He's not working. Of course he does. And he wears a full Kentucky outfit, and he wore Kentucky shoes to the like he. I think he. I think he knows he's like the king of the world down there. He is the king. Um. Yeah, and when if if you let his entire world just be that like bubble, he like rules that entire. Mm-hmm. He is the be all and end all, right? So, I don't. I I saw in an article. I don't know if it was SNY or, or where it was, but that he didn't like the fact that when he was with the Nets, they were losing. Like he, I don't think he would only leave Kentucky if it were to coach the Rockets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and that's the and that's the thing with situation. Is, as you guys pointed out, but I mean the truth is. The guy, and he's in a situation where he he's not even winning national championships there, but yet, you know, he has like he could do whatever he wants. He can commit, he can commit murder, and they wouldn't care. Like you know, Calipari's. I don't. I'd never even all those rumors there. It, it's not gonna happen. It, it won't happen. He, he has no. a perfect situation in Kentucky. You guys meant the lifetime. Contract. I say the he same thing about Jay Wright. Yeah, yeah, Jay Wright and Villanova. Right. Yeah, you know the, these college coaches. I've those rumors for several years now. And I just never right. felt like there was and any truth to it. Yeah, yeah. Those two and, were my and, guys last last cycle, and I was like, "But there's no way Wright leaves." And people are like, "Oh, right. we might get him. We might." Ah, oh, I oh. think we had Dolan's money. We could. I'm like, Wright is not. No, no I want yeah. him. I wanted. 
I wanted either right or Budenholzer. I said it's right is not even don't even think about it. You know, I the Sixers I, tried to get him first, and yeah, the Sixers yeah. couldn't get him. Yeah, that's it's, and and of course as well. I think they're going to try again too if they move on from Brown. They're, they're oh gonna, yeah, they could. He, Jay Wright's going to Jay Wright's really young. He's going to be an NBA candidate for a while. Yeah. So Calipari's going to Calipari's been an NBA candidate for. 10 15 years jay wright until jay wright leaves for the nba which he may never do he'll be linked to nba teams because he's yeah. gonna the keep only way winning so. calipari making a jump again is if if kentucky gets like caught in one of these scandals that you know seems to happen every year to some kind of program uh, where it's yeah. so bad and he just bails out before it all falls on top of him that's probably <laughs> the only way i see him leaving kentucky and and, and but even and would if he that go does somewhere happen, as high profile as New York, would he to to try to escape the spotlight? Would he go to the world's yeah, biggest exactly. spotlight? Like a, exactly, exactly. He'll go know. to Orlando. He'll go to Orlando or something. <laughs> yeah. As much as I, I'm not trying to insult my second favorite team, but that's that's what he'd have to do. He'd have to go there. Yeah, I was going to say it means more coming from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd have to go. He'd have to go. He'd have to do the patino. He'd have to go overseas and then come back and take the Iona job. He'd have to take the, he'd have to take the St. John's job or something, Calipari. But Calipari has a lot more friends than Patino. So that's the thing. Everybody loves Calipari. Everybody hates Patino. Yeah. Anyway, we got off on a huge tangent there. I was not <laughs> expecting that on a John Calipari tangent. That was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to, I really wanted to ask you about that because I know a lot of Knicks fans are, split on Chris Paul and I'm glad you brought up that you're a Chris Paul fan because I'm yeah. a big Chris Paul fan and it's unfortunate that Danny's not here because Danny loves Chris Paul but uh yeah I wanted to ask you about that and you brought up Tibbs too and that's maybe the hottest topic of debate right now is uh Tibbs or Kenny Atkinson and it's <laughs> it's pretty funny when you look at it I think we've both written about it tweeted about it all of us have uh debated Kenny Atkinson versus Tibbs, the player development guy uh, who has a, I think, sub, is it even a 40% winning percentage Kenny has? I'm not even sure if it's 40%. It may be 40%. Oh, I, don't I don't think it I is. I have no idea. But I know Tibbs has a 60% winning percentage. It's like 59, 60%, basically. T Kenny hasn't even won close to Tibbs' games. On the face of it, it's like, right. what the yeah. fuck are we even thinking? Why is it not automatically Tibbs? Well, the, I don't. I know Budum. I have to give credit to Budum, who always brings up the argument. Yeah, he's a like Kenny George, guy. Yeah. George Carl. He's like yeah. George Carl's winning George percentages Carl. is like more elite than Tibbs is. No, I'm I'm on I'm on Team Tibbs. Out of those, you are okay. Okay, all right. Because that's the direction we're going. So if we're going to go in Tibbs's direction as an organization, then why waste our time trying to act like we're going to develop? You know what I mean? Like, like, like Mills and Perry and Fizz did all that lip service. Oh, they're going to get mud right. And they're going to, yeah. Okay. They, they spent one season, one year. They said, we're going to do a full rebuild. It took them <laughs> one year before they went, well, we, we want to accelerate the process with some, some complimentary veterans. And then they end up trying to run the team through the veterans who stink. So that doesn't help. <laughs> and um, it's like, you know, I think that's why I keep saying, I keep saying this year is just going to be a redo of last year. I think with, with the right vets, because what else are we going to do? I don't see us tanking with Tibbs. I think we're going to, I think Tibbs is probably the guy that's a winning move, right? You're trying to head in that direction. Yeah. yeah. 
I didn't, I don't see Leon taking this job being like, I cannot wait to tank for my first three years. Like he's here to win games in New York city. That's not you yeah. know what I mean. And so, he's, he, I think he's going to be Tim's, very, that, those are I just think he's going like, to be very aggressive with his approach there. And the only thing about Tibbs that, that bothers me, I think we've, we've talked about this a few times is, you know, some of the things that you hear about, you know, wears out players, things like that. I do think that there's aspects of him that have to change in order for him to kind of remain absolutely uh, and, and be successful. I think, you know, at, at every point, almost every coach has to evolve into something. Uh, and you might have had a winning formula at first because he, he did great for many years with the Bulls. Those are some good, exciting Bulls teams. Then when everybody started to break down, all eyes kind of went to him. You heard a lot of things about how he was brutal, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's going to be some of that that he's going to have to learn from and change. And that's the big question. Is he willing to change? Is he willing to change that kind of philosophy and kind of scale back just a little bit in order to try to make things work? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's a creature in his own habit type thing. Um, obviously, I'm intrigued by, by Tim, you know, Tom Thibodeau. But that's the one thing that I would say that kind of concerns me about him is, is he willing to change a little bit? Or is it going to be the same thing? Because then – we had that issue with the recycled coaches and it's just eventually it's going to burn right. out. So, but his name is big, you know, that's, that's one thing that can go for him. Um, that's Chris, definitely the most to... concerning thing. Yeah. That, definitely that's the most the concerning thing. <laughs> that's the only thing that kind of frightened yeah. me about him. But, but I was, I was just wondering, Chris, you know, when you talked about a possibility of, you know, signing a guy like Gallinari back uh, this season. And then you know, you mentioned uh, a Chris Paul, you know, trying to get him over. Now that would be be a through a, a trade. You know, what right. what what kind of package is that looking like in your opinion? Do you think that's going to be a big package? I mean, he's going to be like thirty six years old, even though he's still playing at a high level. You just never yeah. know, really, with point guards. What's that kind of package? Because I think that's what Nick fans like when I see them talking about a potential trade for Chris Paul. Everybody keeps right. saying, "Oh, that would have been a great trade five years ago." You know, type thing. What would the package kind of look like to get somebody like him over? You have to – it's it's totally about how OKC values him, right? Because if they think we want him here next season on this contract, one more year of this, you know, um, that after that dunk and alley-oop in the All-Star game, he said about – he went – he was like, I, re, I did that because I redid my diet. I'm vegan now. I do more workouts. Like, he totally revamped his – uh, like the physical aspects of his, uh, you know, regimen, um, and and he's clearly rejuvenated, right? So if the Thunder say we want him here next year on that deal, then we're at the point where we're, we would have to overpay to try to pry him away because they see him as a a plus, right? And it's it's like, where are we in a position to be sending an excessive amount of assets? For like you said, a trade that would have been you know five people are saying five years ago for a reason. Like he's he's old, right? He's old. Yeah. So and and he's old and expensive. It's not. It's n- neither of those two aspects are pretty. Um, right. If it's if they say you know whatever salary match, whatever garbage that we we have no actual regard for, like like you know things like a a future second round pick, like that's not like okay. If you're trying to get Chris Paul in here, you can't care too much about a future second round pick. Um, if they say like it's Knox and second rounders and they want Bullock also on that cheap deal, it's like assets 
assets and and draft picks and okay and he's that expensive i would go for van vliet first for half the mm. price you know Presti's not doing that Presti's not doing second round picks for chris Paul. and yeah and it's yeah. not and that's not even and if i'm having debate and if i'm you know if i'm debating that yeah. when they ask for way more than that it's like because he was he's good it's not like he stinks and they're trying to jettison him right he's just an all-star they probably want him back uh, so Any. it's not like you know ian ian begley said that the two trade packages were Knox and bullock or frank and bullock and i think that they are they're, they're tied for the fourth seed i didn't i i don't even i don't even buy that i i, I don't see that getting it done that just because yeah. they were trade packages doesn't mean that okc would have approved them but th- those might have been pitched, but OKC might have said, go fuck yourselves. We'll take Mitch instead. Yeah. Because th- that doesn't mean OKC's holding on to Adams long term, I-, I don't think. Right. But, right. I don't know. I think OKC would, would push for Mitch or RJ with Presti's aggressive trade history. I would think they wouldn't settle for Knox or, or uh, yeah. Bullock or Frank. And they would, they would find a way to make Knox good there too, but they would want him Probably. and other significant. You know, and it's like at that point. Yeah, you're right. They'd want Knox and RJ too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what they would ask for a lot. And then we would work them down to like RJ and Knox would be like what we get them down to. You know what I mean? Um, I think if you're going after a point guard in the lottery, anyways, they got this, the scouting staff got that directive. Um, I know you, I I still subscribe to the take BPA in the lottery uh, philosophy. But yeah. it's looking like that's going to be a point guard anyway, right? And if this would be the year to, I, I wrote about, uh, I wrote about it in one of my pieces that if there is a year to kind of care a little bit more about fit, it would be a year like this one where there is not that much of a difference between all the lottery prospects. So you could, you know, you could just draft a point guard. You could go after Fred Van Vliet. Maybe that's a possibility. Goran Dragic is a name I don't think is brought up enough. I would like that if it's Gallinari and Dragic. If it's if it's if it's Dragic and Gallinari, like like Gorin, RJ, or no no, mm. Gorin, Bullock, RJ, uh, Gallo, and Mitch, right? Yeah. Start that five. I don't. Yeah, I don't hate that. Right? I don't I'm hate that either. You know, right? Gorin, like, Gorin is another guy that I would have loved to have like five years ago, but he's still not a scrub now. Like you know, <laughs> he, he's certainly not himself. You know, back four or five years, but he's still a damn. Productive I, player on a yeah. very good roster. Heat, uh, the, the Miami Heat roster. I mean, that's that's not a that's an intriguing name right there. I do like. And Miami, and Miami isn't going to necessarily bring him back, especially yeah. on more than a one year deal. So, because they're looking to preserve cap space. Right. So if we offer him like an inflated one year deal, right? Maybe he yeah. just, you know, if he thinks he's going to have a reduced role there anyway. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't. I mean, if the point is to well get complementary pieces around the kid, yeah. If the yeah. point is to get complementary pieces around the kids and not just like, if the directive is win games no matter what, okay, go after Chris Paul. If the directive is develop the kids while also trying to be competitive and and win games as a factor of their development, which I think is a bit closer to what Leon is thinking as opposed to win at all costs right now. Right. Um. Yeah. Then Drajic and Gallo. As complimentary pieces, 
those are just guys that know how to pass know how to shoot like like what else yeah smart basketball players the the shooting thing is is absolutely needed because i mean it it, that's the game now it's a shooting league and the knicks you look at their shooting it's just not there you know that that's the worst shooting team in the league this yeah i mean it's it just seems like we're always kind of flirting with that that mark of being back behind the league and it's just we bring in Bullock. We bring in some guys to shoot. I mean, uh, you know, we brought in Ellington to shoot the three ball issue. And it just – even those guys didn't shoot yeah, like Portis. in the back of their card. You know what I mean? It, it just – And drafting – to work. If we wind up with Ball, that's not going to help. That's Edwards, that yeah. efficiency is not going to help. Yeah. Right? Say, you know, Okoro, no. Avdia, maybe help a little bit. Um, Hayes, maybe. Halliburton, maybe. <laughs> Do we really Probably. know about Hayes when he hasn't played? If uh, that's awesome, maybe, maybe like it might. The efficiency already super wasn't there, right? So he, the thing is, he, that kid soaks up knowledge like a sponge. Like like every game, he just looks better at basketball. I don't. He learned a lot in that age right. eighteen season. Like that. That's why I, I have him. I have Lamelo number one this year, and then I have. Killian I want Brown. to ask you about your draft stuff because I do yeah. want to. Uh, Chris writes up the draft stuff for uh, uh, Nick's SI. You've written what? It's ten draft profiles now. At, you've done? I think I'm at ten now. Yeah, ten. Okay, because you just did one on Lamelo, and uh, you just said Lamelo was your. Bit. Okay, because he's I, I put it got I everyone's do, I was, hat I was, on. Yeah, I was thinking of. Yeah. I was like, let me get some other ones out first before I I get to my guy because Lamelo Lamelo is my number one. Um, okay. I just, I, I, I don't think of it. I, I, I have a better time explaining why I would take him over a particular other prospect, right? But if I had to give a general statement on why Lamelo is my number one, it's just the passing is already at such an elite level. Um, I was just talking today with Jeremy Cohen about how Jeremy hates the word potential, but the potential for <laughs> Lamelo to become a scorer at six seven as a point guard is like. Right, six seven. That's crazy yeah. too. If he stops with the, I I wrote in my piece. I said if he if he attacks the paint more, if he if he spends more time at the free throw line and less time taking floaters and runners and those shots that he just kind of, you know, because because he can. Um, defense. I think the tools are there. Um, I've hated and and I talked to Spencer. You know, Spencer Perlman. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very respected scout. I love Spencer. I always talk to – I bug Spencer. I annoy the hell out of Spencer, your man, <laughs> all my draft questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about this going in? This aspect of this play? Spencer probably wants to kill me. Um, I was talking – like, Spencer and I have both come to hate LaMelo's defense less the more we watch him. Mm-hmm. The more you watch him, it's like in the NBA, he really would have made that closeout. Or he really would have – like, uh, under Tibbs, like, Tibbs will have him get – you know what I mean? Like, I can't right. – with Edwards, it's like there is no desire to defend. There is just, yeah. oh, my God. You, and you watch any Anthony Edwards clip that is not a highlight, and he's actually just standing and watching. It's, a, it's the tale of two players, really. I'm going to be honest. Mello is, on, on I think Edwards, Mello's different. On it's Edwards, like the Jason I, Tatum thing. Jason Tatum played no defense at Duke. Right. And then look you know, at the way Ed, he played uh, as Edwards a rookie in Boston. concerns me a little bit. He does. He concerns me a little bit because, you know – I know he's a, he's he's a better player than what I'm making it sound like, but I mean Georgia sucks, you know what I mean? And he was just the best player on a really bad team. Uh, 
and, and I think he's better than that. I think he can have a place in this league. And I give Cole we, the same. That's what, yes, I was about to say. I kill, Cole Anthony's another one. Now, that one, though, Cole Anthony, I would stay away from. I know there's a lot of fans that love him. I would stay away from him. I think that is a definition of a guy that was the best player on a really bad basketball team. I mean, I was not impressed. I actually had, you know, people on my radio show talking, and when I said that, they were looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, oh, he could do this and this. And then they watched that Duke and North Carolina game, and they went, oh, okay, yeah, I see what he's saying. Yeah, that, that's the best player on a worst team. Like, yeah, that's somebody I would stay away. Chris, I agree with you. I've always have loved uh, LaMelo Ball. The only thing, of course, that scares me about him is, like, Lonzo – never told his dad to shut up. You know, LaVar's the big loud mouth and all that. He never told him to shut up, but Lonzo is very quiet. You know, he doesn't do a whole lot of talking. He's right. not very, like, flamboyant in the media, you know, just vocal. He's not that kind of guy. LaMelo reminds me of LaVar, where he's, he's talkative. He loves to be in the center of attention. Probably will say a whole lot of stupid things in his career, and it's going to make you cringe. But at the end of the day, and, and you use the word potential, I think that kid can play. I think, you know, to come to New York, you got to be fearless. You get, you can't be afraid. If you're afraid, we're going to find out real damn quick and we're going to eat you alive. I don't think he's afraid of the spotlight. I don't think New York would bother him. I think he would embrace it because he wants it. He wants to be in a place like Madison Square Garden and playing. And I think he would accept that and – I think would be a great pick if the Knicks can find a way to get to him. Because I think he's sure. go early on in the draft here. Um, but you know, I'll go today. I seen him before. You know, he left high school for the first time, and then went into whatever his dad league did. I, you know, I seen him actually because Zion Williamson is is from my area where I live now. He, my radio station's like 15 minutes away from his his high school, so the AAU oh, wow. circuit. You know, I remember watching Lamelo play Zion in the AAU game, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, Zion's going to eat this kid alive. Because, again, what I knew about Lamelo, very cocky. And Lamelo handled his own. Right. I mean, he dropped 36 points in that game. <laughs> you know, Zion's team won. But I was watching, I was like, this kid can actually play. And then he was only, I like, 5'11". He's going to 6'7". Yeah. That's a freak athlete <laughs> that can do those things. Right there. I, I'm all about him. I, I know he, there's With Lamelo, about him, but I like him. The any any character concerns that anyone may bring up about like the the stardom or what I'm like, he's my age. We're the same, and and he's played in basically like the world's most famous mm-hmm. AAU team was basically what it was in Chino Hills, right? Um, he's played in Lithuania and he's played in New Zealand. Like, what is he not ready for? Like, I, it was I, on he, Monday Night Raw when he was like 15. Yeah, that was bad. Randomly in the yeah. Some of the things he said though got caught on the mic. Yeah. That was that was cringeworthy. I will say that. Yeah, but he's been like I that that's to Chris's point. He's been through it all. Like he's right. done a lot like, of dumb like stuff. Like he would like, come already, to like, the dumpster fire that yeah. that is like you know like right. he would just come. He'd be like, all right, this is the next this is the next yeah. challenge. We're here. <laughs> yeah, ball out. Do what I can. Right. Play with RJ. Play with Mitch. And he's vocal about it. Like someone tweeted someone tweeted a video at him of Mitch or something, and Melo's like. That boy's cold. Mello posted his my career in 2K. He was on the Knicks. <laughs> um, he liked the tweet. Like someone tweeted that edit that everyone uh, has of Lamelo standing next to RJ, and and someone tagged him in Seems it. Seems like he a perfect fit. Like, right. Seems like I a think perfect he, I, fit. I think I think that's somebody that will embrace it right from the start. 
and if the just Knicks like can find a way fit, to get the considering that neither of them can shoot the fit, there's obvious that, questions, right. There's the right? Basketball fit. Yeah, but here's yeah, my yeah. Gallinari. Like, here's my here's why you target shooting right, you over Jeremy Grant or right. Christian Wood. You have Ball and Barrett and Robinson. Those are your three foundational building blocks. That's what you're right. Knox is a, and Nilakina. Those are guys that you're you know you're working on. But Ball, Barrett, Mitch, right? Stars probably more likely to to. I always say Ball, Barrett, Mitch is going to appeal more to a free agent than. Barrett, Mitch, Denny, and then whoever we get with the 27th, and then yeah. whoever we get with the 38th. And those guys are like half – like thinking of – think about the kind of team that Leon Rose wants. Think about how many roster spots you can realistically – like how many different players you can realistically have, right? Lottery pick, Barrett, Robinson, Frank, and Knox. The two other picks, he's going to want to play, right? That's already seven kids. Dot would be eight. If you're trying to play, if you're trying to play Brazdakis at all, nine. Like he's gonna want to be playing vets, right? That we don't have enough roster spots for all these. I think they look to take the three picks in this year's draft, get as high up as they can, and even even if it's not Lamelo, just go chasing for someone. Uh, Lamelo is definitely their their guy though. But yeah. I, when I think about um, just sheer roster spots, like. They want kids and vets. How much room? You know, we just saw this last season. We, we struggled to get Alonzo Trier minutes. Think, think about that. We have a guy who looks good in his rookie year. And then in his sophomore year, we refused to play him because mm-hmm. we were the 12th seed and needed to get veterans who had no future potential. Like, like what were we doing? What No one knew what was going on when it was happening. And I still don't know what... Oh, I know so, why. I know why. Well, they have the a, they had a directive. Yeah, they had. That's all I was going to say. Much, I think he's trying to. He, I heard Miller had a directive from above to win. Yeah, so. I don't think he was calling the shots. Yeah. I think Miller I like to, in, yeah. in trying to keep his job. The the job keeping aspect was not who he played. It was the fact that he played who Perry told him to. I think yeah. this was a Perry job-saving effort. Because think about it. It worked. Perry just conned the hell out of Dolan. Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, Fizz is gone. Mills is gone. We played 400 ball under Miller when we played competent basketball. Bring me back for another year, JD. Let me He let did me, the let same play, thing. Let, he did the same thing to Steve Mills that Phil Jackson. It worked. That, that Mills did to Phil Jackson. It was brilliant. Brilliant. It really was. It Absolute job-saving masterclass by by Scott Perry. By Perry, yeah. Well, he learned from the best. He learned under Mills. Be mediocre <laughs> and keep your job. It was yeah. it was For very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> way too long. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'll tell you what. But I I mean when when you look at this draft and, and again we haven't really actually gone into a lot of draft stuff yet. But we're trying to time it out and try to get a little bit closer to it. Oh, yeah, the draft's it's, in five months. It's, right, yeah, and, 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 and it was crazy. also – nobody knew when the hell it was going to be. Like, you kept hearing all these rumors. So, you know, now we actually see a date. So we kind of have an idea when we can kind of start right. planning around that. So very soon we'll kind of get into that. But, I mean, I guess this is my early kind of 
you know, insights on it, but I want ball in the worst way. It's probably not going to happen just because I want it and things don't ever yep. happen the way that I want. So there you go. But pessimistic Nick fan just came back out, but that's the way it is. I want ball in the worst way uh, for this year. And I don't know. I don't know if that ping pong balls are going to put us in position, um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, what, let me ask you this, Chris, before we kind of wrap things up here, though. Let's say if the Knicks kind of, you know, they get like the seventh pick, right, seven, six pick, we kind of figure Lamelo is going to be a top three pick in this draft. Right. Any of those teams up there, one through three, that might be there. You know, you have Golden State that's projected to be the number one pick. You know, I think uh, Minnesota, I think, is kind of – in the mix of that, but you know, teams like that, the teams that could potentially be ahead. Is there any moves the Knicks could make with one of those teams to perhaps move up to get ball if they absolutely really wanted him? Or do you think oh. again, it's too much assets and you're, you just got to look at the veteran route, maybe a Van Fleet or. A oh, I, I, I have an evil one. I have a, <laughs> I have a real people are going to, I'm going to make a name for myself for my dastardly <laughs> trade suggestions. Um, First, I say that, oh, if we trade Mitch for LaMelo and use our own pick on a Kung Wu, and that – people were not happy about that people one. I still think I would – I, I, I do that in a heartbeat. Um, to I me, that question is, would that. you rather have LaMelo Ball and Mitchell Robinson or LaMelo Ball and Bam Adebayo? And I'm like, well, that's – and that's, it wouldn't be LaMelo and Mitch because would, you would have LaMelo and Mitch but have used future assets to move up in the draft instead of Mitch to move. You know what I mean? But in yeah. terms of uh, – no, in terms of this one, I, my, my, my terrible idea was basically if Cleveland gets the number one pick, they have to, they, they have to pick an odd man out of LaMelo Ball, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garland. They, have to, they, they would have to be, right? LaMelo, if LaMelo is the best player available and Cleveland is going to be, that number one pick is going to be LaMelo Ball, right? That, that tends to be how things kind of work out, you know, with, with, without any major finagling of, of sliding up, up or down a board. Um, if Cleveland says we'd rather have Garland and Sexton than either of them with ball, I think we could find a way to get up with Cleveland and mm-hmm. take ball. If Cleveland says we don't think we don't see Sexton getting better, I think New York just gives up the pick for Sexton. If Cleveland wants to go forward with ball and Garland, they have a shooter and, a, and then an elite passer. And New York, we would just trade their pick. You know, it's like, is Sexton better than the point guards in the lottery this year? Like, he just put up some really great numbers to end last year. I, th- I would see Leon potentially making a deal like that. That's my, like, if we wind up with Colin Sexton with our I lottery pick, I would I like that one. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, if I Cleveland's attached, if, Cle- if Cleveland, you know, if Cleveland does like a Josh Rosen Murray thing where it's like, you, they, they just like they brought in they have they brought in Garland to try to you know just see that see what see what he could do and they don't like him they just want to move on right away um maybe they you know maybe they toss us Garland I could see us if Cleveland gets a top pick I could see us making some sort of deal with Cleveland I think Golden State would be crazy not to trade the pick if they get number one or two or you know what I mean but I don't think they would trade it unless we unless we gave them Mitch I like they would want a player to help them win now you know, so I can't I give him Mitch. I can't do it. I can't do it. I love Mitch. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, I, I don't know if I can do it. If, but I'm not if, the one making if, the change. If, the, the if it were trading Mitch for Ball 
and then just replacing Mitch with a Kungwu with our own pick. To me, okay. balls. I have Ball, Hayes, a Kungwu. I have a Kungwu number three on my board. So one, Mitch. if Mitch gets a, and I know it's a weak draft. Pick. I know just the fact that it's one and three doesn't mean much considering it's a right. weak draft. But that's just proof that I'm I'm high on a Kungwu. I think he's really great. Just mold of a modern NBA center going for look look at Bam Adebayo and I even. You know, in my prospect breakdown of Okungwu, I talked about the Adebayo similarities, even down to the hands. They both have big hands. It's a part of their game, the way they can catch the ball in the post and, and find a way to work with it. It's, it's very impressive. I think Okungwu will be good going forward. I would, if it were moving Mitch for Lamelo, and then just getting Okungwu, I would, I would do it. And Lamelo, Lamelo and Okungwu played together at Chino Hills, too. I would have known that. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Look, I... I didn't think that was so controversial, a crazy a trade offer when you made that out there, but I got I think, ratioed. Yeah, you got killed for that one. I think <laughs> Matt Macri tweeted this this out after he did the Joel Embiid thing. He's like, Yeah, Knicks fans seem to overvalue their players. Like it's, oh, it's really? crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We, big we, shot. Have, we, yeah. we never see an ounce of talent, so when yeah. we finally get some, it's very, it's a very natural response to want to hold on to it. And I think maybe I just see it from more of a business side than I, than I should. Right. Maybe yeah. I see it from more of a business side, but, but I see it clearly from a business side, no matter what. So no, whether I'm, I think it's normal, whether it's too, too great of an extent or, or too harsh of it, whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm approaching it from an, a logical, you know, I don't let, I don't let my heartstrings like stop me from no. making a good trade. So. Yeah, sometimes you got to do like, it. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you have no choice but to make those tough decisions. I mean, it, uh, you look at other organizations that have had success; they've all had to make some tough decisions, like you know, like that. I, it's, I just, it would hurt me. It would just hurt me. I love, I love. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Masai Ujiri lied to Demar Derozan's face. The yeah, one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise, and traded him the next day, and won a friend mm-hmm. and won a championship. So sometimes yeah, you just got to do that stuff. Sometimes you got to do it. It's a business. Boy, we're it talking is. about yeah. uh, we're talking about Bam. I was so wrong about him too because I did not like him coming <laughs> out of the draft. I was Jesus, like, I just Matt. don't know. I just, <laughs> remember, Chip, you don't remember this? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to be anything like an offensive threat. And he was just really damn good this year. And I was like, oh, I screwed up that draft. It's time. in the, it's that all in the been, finesse and the technique and the footwork. That's exactly so what impressive. I see in a Kung Wu. I, I, he's so I, impressive, I screwed up that draft so bad. Like, I, I'm not a draft expert. I say that all the time. I say, you know, we talk about drafts. So I don't claim to be a draft expert. I have been right. I'm the first. I have been wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a draft expert. But I will say, that draft, I butchered. (laughs) I had no credibility of that draft. Everybody I thought was going to suck was good. Everybody I thought was going to be good sucked. Screwed up that draft. I pretend that draft did not happen. Because if I was in charge, there would have been a lot of people pissed off at me. That's for sure. I was wrong about Uh them. I I could say that as well. I've had to do a lot of – confessions i guess this year because i I, you know danny said i was all about dennis smith jr and that's oh my god i still think the guy could be a good player but it's just not gonna be with the Knicks. you're still holding on to dennis smith jr no i'm I'm moving on (laughs) no 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 no. i'm saying somewhere else because i can really see that guy how doing what but but listen listen to me listen to me i could see him shanghai sharks no 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 no. i could see that guy putting up numbers on a team that wins 12 games. 
he's going to be, you know, one of those rosters that just is complete trash. So, like, a, and his a worse Terry Rozier? Pretty much. No, it is. It's not that oh, he's man. any good. It's just he's just on a team that's crap, and he enjoys it because he gets the ball. Because I, I just – I'm telling yeah, you, I just don't, don't know care about winning at all. Anytime I just don't know who at this point – who at this point just gives Dennis Smith Jr. the ball. What team is bad enough for that? You find somebody. The not the Knicks. You put the Knicks aren't in. bad enough. The for Knicks it. apparently are not. Not even the Knicks yeah, were bad enough for they, it. They weren't even bad. That's what I'm saying. You know, if the Knicks God. were not bad enough to play Dennis Smith Jr., then who is? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He was bad. He was so bad. I had hopes for. I, I really figured that guy was a guy that could play downhill, attack the damn basket. Then I see that man settling for more jump shots. And he has one of the most broken jump shots in the damn league. And yet he's still and going. They fixed it. Yeah. I like, knew what he the was hell are you doing? He sucked in college, Matt. He sucked in college. No. <laughs> Not in college. He was a selfish – he was selfish me first player in college. Yeah, he was. But in college, if you want – I mean, he attacked that rim. He attacked the rim. He didn't just settle. At times, you look at film on him, he did settle a little bit, but he still went to the rim. I don't ever see that man attack the rim. Well, not like he did when he was like a rookie or whatever. What if you look at the stuff when he was in Dallas? He's a much different player. Yeah. Like it's he just lost his confidence. I don't know what happened. Maybe Rick Carlisle screamed it out of him or no, some shit. I, I don't, I don't know is, what happened. I tell you what it is. He's afraid of competition. Anytime any team, I remember, there's rumors that he was pissed off about the Knicks bringing in Peyton. Yeah, he was not happy so about Luka off about Luca. Yeah, <laughs> Luca freaking I mean, everybody who's seen that guy was a freaking walking MVP waiting to freaking happen. I mean, right. he was pissed off about I mean, I didn't we expect us to go in a Dennis Smith direction today. I, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell happened. What, what went so wrong? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure this out. Oh, You'll man, never give before. up on Dennis Smith, though. I admire I you just, for that. I, I, I just want him to – I mean, at this point, I'm willing to go down with the sinking ship. Just if somewhere. If go somewhere and just play decent, <laughs> I'll feel better about it. But right now, that Everybody has Sacramento. that guy. Sacramento backup job is probably what he's destined for. I mean, but a lot of guys are rotating this. spot. I will say that. I will say this. No, I'm sorry. The fans get mad a lot. Yeah, I wanted Dennis Smith Jr. The other side, it was Frankie Lakina. Waiting for Frank Nielakina. Little things here and there. There was some hope this year. I've seen a little better thing. Oh, he is clearly better. He is clearly better. Oh, I will better. say that. No, no, no. And I've said that a lot. Uh, Chip, you could you can defend me on that. I, I've given a lot of compliments. Yeah, you to have. Frank Nielakina. But I still got to see more. I, I still got to see him consistently hit that freaking open jump shot. That's all I ask him. He doesn't need to put up 20 points a game for me to fall in love with him. Just hit the open damn shot. If you take five, six shots or – Another thing that drives me crazy is he'll hit a shot, and then he's hesitant to shoot again. Crazy. Well, he's doing that a lot less this year, thank God. That's but, and that's why I've given a compliment. I, I have, I, I, but I'm still saying it's not like we completely nailed that draft anyway. We, we don't no. have something yet. But now we're just picking up every single player who was drafted in the first round that we didn't <laughs> Pretty take. Much, yeah. yeah, That's how we're going Pretty about much. it. <laughs> One of them might work out. I don't Kennard, know. Kennard will be next. Yeah, Kennard. Hey, I'll never Kennard give up on Luke Kennard. No, no, no. I don't think Detroit wants to get rid of him. No, he played pretty Detroit good this year. I think Detroit wants to move, you know, move he, he forward had, with him. Didn't he have an injury? 
this year or something. He's missed a lot of time, but before he was shooting. He's had the ball some injury easily. issues, but yeah, he can shoot. He can handle he can the ball. Shoot. He's a good player. They can shoot. Hey. Yeah. I don't know, but we're going really random here. But again, Chris, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> this is what happens a lot. We don't we don't stay yeah. on course. We just start talking. This happens. About we have a lot of fun. Thank you for having <laughs> At me least, on again. Yeah, we didn't talk <laughs> about the good. Be here, so. We could have talked about the good place today. We didn't talk about the good place, at least. No, we we, I, I, we almost got way off track. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have to – I'll admit, I, that's, that's been on my to-watch list. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, Chris, we appreciate your time. We're going to wrap it up here. We definitely got to have you on again, though. We, we, you know, good stuff oh, that you contributed. I'll be here. So we so appreciate you it. You let me know. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. We'll get you on and talk more draft stuff. That's, that's what's going to be good. Needed. And then hopefully Perfect. I have a better year because uh, the last <laughs> couple of years I've been off. I, I some, have been. I some better, been some better projections. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Hopefully. We'll I, don't think, we'll I don't know if I'm qualified to help with that. So we'll, 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 we'll find it, out. You know, More than... Maybe. Well, we got to put our brains together and get something right. You know, <laughs> we got to nail something, you know. So that's, that's the goal this year for us. But, Chris, again, uh, in all seriousness, appreciate you. Continue to do great things. Like I said before, man, I, I think it's incredible, you know, being you know, just still in high school and still doing great things. Keep going, man. You have a bright future. Thank you, man. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind Podcast.